This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at HuskerCuzCast, for all podcast updates and more. This is our Purdue preview episode. But first, let's take a look at that close loss to Iowa. Nebraska came up short, losing 26-20, to but they were in that game and had a shot to win it at the end. Tyler, what are your thoughts? Well, it was kind of the game I was hoping for, except for a loss. Um, guys, we played a good game. I mean, there was so much that we did well, but... We just had those moments, and this has seemed to be what's plagued the Scott Frost era, that we just make mistakes. And this this was about as bad as I've seen it, and we'll break that down, but gosh, what a heartbreaking way to lose. Derek, what'd you think about this? Well, absolutely, it was a heartbreaker. You know, Nebraska gets, gets a good stop. They, they miss a, uh, Iowa misses a field goal, Nebraska gets the ball back. And you kind of feel like, oh, my God, maybe the tides turn. We're going to come up with a last-second touchdown and just come up with a win finally against Iowa. And then, God, first play, sack, fumble. Yeah. Iowa takes the ball back, and it's game over. And so so oh, it, was just, it was heartbreaking. Yeah. So, first of all, I want to say that this game – like, I'm proud of Nebraska in this game. I thought Nebraska was going to get blown out in this. They came out fired up. Their defense came to play. We're still seeing the same offensive problems for the most part. But, you know, this game was, uh, you know, being the fact that we were in on the last drive meant something to me. It's, you know, we, didn't, we haven't turned that corner quite yet, right? We're still not getting the wins. We're doing a lot of things wrong. Uh, there's a lot of impactful plays in this game. You know, this is one of those games like you know, a few of the others this game. It's like, you know, if you could change one play, what would it be? Well, there were impactful plays. Uh, uh, Britt with the punt muff and uh, or the muff punt and uh, the holding on Adrian Martinez. That long run. Derek, you already mentioned uh, Farniak. You know, I mean, God, was there a face mask on there that pulled – Farniak down to where the defender got by him and stripped him. I mean, those were some impactful plays. Guys, I mean, what did you think about these? How, how much did that affect the game, Tyler? Well, look, I, I kind of want to hit each of these. And, and so let's start with the holding. And, and you guys could debate, and I, I, I don't know what your thoughts if that was a hold, but what bothers me and what's really been going around the Twitter sphere this week is just the lack of mutual calls. Like, it just seems like... We get called for these holding, these tic-tac-y holding calls, and our opponents never do. And you can, it's not hard to find when Iowa held us, and we all know holding happens a lot more than it's called, but man, that was a brutal one. The Cam Taylor Britt, I feel for that kid. There's nobody else I'd want back there than him. Like, he is the guy that should be our punt returner on our team, I think. And, and then the last sack, I mean, that one's a little bit different. We just got beat. I mean, maybe there was a little bit of a penalty there, but just really poor timed. Derek, anything else to add? Well, I, I want to get into the Cam Taylor Brent thing. I, uh, Tyler, Tyler, I'm with you. I feel for the guy. I, I, I do want him back there. I, I know people are upset that he that he muffed that punt, 
But the problem is, this is what, his second game returning punts? And he just hasn't done it a lot. It, so you had to expect a, a, an error here or there. And it, just, it was just ill-timed. Yeah. I mean, it, it, was a, it was right after we held, a, had a great defensive stand. We shut him down. They punted it. And, and God, and, and Cam Taylor, there was nobody that blamed Cam Taylor Britt more than himself. I mean, I, I, I did feel bad for the kid. I, he, he was clearly upset after the game. And I don't like to see anybody like that. Yeah. It, uh, as, as far as the holding stuff goes, I, I guess it is what it is. Uh, you, Tyler, you're right. I seen a couple times where I was like, oh, where's the hold on that against Iowa? But you, you got you to gotta get past it and just go, okay, they're not going to give us a call, so just do what you got to do. Maybe we got to get better at, you know, bringing attention to it, <laughs> you know, like flopping. I don't know. Flopping works in soccer or, you know, in basketball. Do something. I don't know. But hey, it, I got an idea. Bring LeBron James in to teach everybody how to flop. Yeah. He will bitch the refs. He will let the refs know how much holding is going on for sure. That bitch. Uh, <laughs> so let's move on to the offense here. Uh, Tyler, I want to know what your thought was on the quarterback situation. You know, we got two plays back and forth between Luke McCaffrey and Adrian Martinez. Well, I mean, let's just, I guess, start with that's really what I was been clamoring for. Now, I personally thought going into Saturday's game that Luke McCaffrey should have start and then Adrian should have came in. The coaches went with Adrian Martinez as a starter and then Luke came in. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more Luke McCaffrey in the second half, but there's probably a really good reason why that didn't happen is Adrian Martinez had a hell of a game. I mean, you know, there there was a lot of the media out there that just felt that Adrian was done at Nebraska. That the the screw if he could play, all of the sidelines and everything that he had been through was just gonna be emotionally too much. And he comes in and plays his best game of the season. Um, I mean, I, I think an overall one of his better games, um, at least passing, 18 for 20 for 174 yards and had to overcome a lot of bad snaps, um, looked good running the ball when he did it. I, I, I mean, great game for Adrian Martinez. Derek, did you like the uh, two-quarterback combo there that we saw? Uh, yes, I did. But what, the one thing I did notice, to, to me at least, is I think uh, Martinez kind of solidified his starting job. Like he, he showed why he should have been probably the starter all along. He had a bad game against Northwestern, got pulled. Uh, look, I'm, I'm going to give you guys a stat that, that I was a little surprised by, but Adrian Martinez is 15th in the country right now with completion percentage. Out of all the quarterbacks out there, he's 15th with 68.2% of his passes. Uh you know, I mean, you talk to Tyler, you talk about he had his best game, but he threw for 80% in this game. I think he threw for 80% against Ohio State, re- really outside of Northwestern, which he, he did have a bad game against Northwestern, which is probably the toughest defense we've faced all year. But, man, I tell you, to, to, to me, it seemed clear in that game that they did not trust McCaffrey to throw the ball. When, when we were down inside the red zone, it was third and six. They, they, they clearly did not trust McCaffrey to throw that ball. 
Maybe that's fair. Maybe it's not. But it did seem apparent to me that they don't trust him to throw. So we kind of talked about that third and sixth play, you know, amongst our text messages during the game. Uh, Tyler, now that was a play where Luke McCaffrey had us down there. We ended up settling for a field goal, but it's third and six, and we hand off to Marvin Scott of all plays. Uh, what do you? What did you think of that play call there? You know, I I don't mind the call. If you go back and watch that play. Um, I think the line did a good job blocking. I think Marvin Scott missed the hole. Um, you know, I don't think he read it right. And I just think of all the plays you dial up there. I mean, I just, I think you gave it to the wrong guy. And, and, and I get Marvin Scott, you know, had, had himself not a great game. I, I I don't want to be too hard on him because I think that the kid's got potential and I like that he's playing, but you just really haven't seen it. I mean, if you think about this, he had a 1.9 yards per carry and you gave it to him on a third and six. Like, I just don't know the likelihood of him picking it up. And I I don't mind the run there. I just would have given it to Luke. Like, right. You, you know, here, here's my thing. Why, why didn't you at least maybe even give it to Ramir Johnson? Like, I know you guys aren't Ramir Johnson guys, but, man, he had five carries for 27 yards, 4.6 yards per carry, a touchdown. Like, he clearly looked like the better running back in the game. Did we even see him in the first half, though? Wasn't he most of his carries or most that we saw him? Wasn't that in the second half? Yeah, probably. But at, at the same time, like, Again, he he did better. So yeah, maybe maybe it was a good time to try him at least. Uh, either that or give it to Wondell Robinson. You know, even even or or McCaffrey. Wondell Robinson had six carries, forty two yards, seven yards per carry. Like I would, that, that I, I'm giving it to him before I'm giving it to Marvin Scott. Yeah, I would have been fine with Marvin Scott if if, if it's third and six and you're committed to going for it on third and and then going for it on fourth down. Also, if you want to take two tries to get that first down there in the red zone, I'm all aboard on that. But you settled for a field goal anyway. Well, and maybe they do go for it on fourth if he gets anything out of that carry, but. Yeah. He literally got nothing out of the carry. Yeah, that's true. So, so maybe if you can make it fourth and one or fourth and two, maybe you do think about going for it. But you're not going to take it at fourth and six. I mean, you're you're going to take the field goal, right? Uh, I want to I want to talk about the quarterbacks a little bit more here. Uh, like for me, you know, I've been a huge Luke McCaffrey guy all year long, but even in this game, after the first half of them going back and forth, uh, it was pretty obvious there early in the second half that. Adrian Martinez, he was the guy. He was the hot hand in the game. And I I don't think there was any reason to bring in Luke McCaffrey anymore in that game. Give it to the hot hand. And I think this is, for for Adrian Martinez, uh, a couple years ago, Lamar Jackson, you know, he he was getting beat up there uh, as cornerback at Nebraska. He gets benched in his junior year, sits out a few games, and he comes back and he's better than ever. I mean, that was that really solidified his spot and the trajectory on his career was just went right up. As a matter of fact, the dude he started on the Jets was it last week or the weekend before? He started at cornerback on the Jets. Adrian Martinez, 
He's he's had to sit down a couple of games, and he comes out and he does what he did, and it's very remarkable. So I'm hoping this is kind of like the Lamar Jackson boost. After he gets benched, and we've been saying this forever, you know, let him watch from the sideline for a while and see if he gets it. Well, I think something clicked while he was sitting on the sideline because he came out, and it's been a long time since we've seen this Adrian Martinez. Long time. Yeah, but like yeah. – I- I, I, but I want to go back to Luke, and, and, and I, I know Derek is going to rebuttal this, and I think Justin is, but Luke had two possessions when he was the quarterback, like full possessions when he was the quarterback. He got two field goals. Like, and yes, field goals probably would have won the game, but like Luke had himself a decent game. He went three for five passing. Like, he had, I mean, I mean, there wasn't, you didn't, there was nothing that the coaches really asked Luke that he didn't do well. Like, I just think that the gap between these two guys is still so low. I I just, I, I, I think they offer different things. I think they can do different things at this point. I, I just, I, I like the way they used Luke in the first half, the split it up. I would have liked to have seen a little bit Luke in the, more Luke in the second half. Okay, I, I want to go back. Okay, we'll we'll talk about Luke here. I, and I don't have a problem with Luke. I I, I like Luke McCaffrey. I do. Uh, you talked about he went three for five, but his two his two passes that he missed were terrible passes. One was way out of bounds to a to a receiver that was fairly wide open, and the other one could have been intercepted fairly easily. Uh, and, and here's the biggest difference to me is. Martinez has one interception on the year that was in the end zone against Northwestern. It wasn't a great pass. I think our tight end could have fought a little harder for it. But regardless, he's Martinez has one interception. McCaffrey has five interceptions on the year. And that's a big difference. And, and, and that right there is clearly to me why they do, don't trust McCaffrey to throw the ball. They don't trust him to throw it downfield. They just give him the swing passes. And he is better at throwing swing passes than Martinez is. <laughs> I'll give him that, but it, it's a swing pass. Like, give me the guy who can throw it downfield over the guy who can throw a swing pass. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Martinez clearly separated himself in game action from Luke in this game. I, I really do. And you know, this is coming from a huge Luke McCaffrey guy. You know, been on the Luke bandwagon, not on the Adrian bandwagon. So it was evident to even me. The only thing we really need to do is get Cameron Cam Jurgens to actually like Martinez. Oh my God! Let's... His snaps are terrible to Martinez. He did not have, I think, a single bad snap to McCaffrey, and he had like three or four of them to to Martinez. It's like, come on, dude! Like it can't be that tough to to throw. I mean, come on. Yeah, Cam Jurgens. He did not have a good game in the first half. He kind of. He uh, shaped it up a little bit in the second half. But, Tyler, what do you think of Cam Jurgens? Should he be our start? Should he be our starting center? Man, I don't know. Like, so what – What I think Cam Jurgens can block. I think Cam Jurgens is a good blocker. And does that translate to guard? I, I don't know. I think that's what a lot of fans are clamoring for. It's like, play the guy. He's obviously skilled – but he can't snap. I don't know if that skill translates to the guard. I just you I just keep waiting for him to figure it out, right? Like 
he's got to be able to learn how to snap the ball. And every time he does it, it's like, why are they putting him in the game? And then you're like, is snapping the damn ball, how hard can it be? Like, he's going to figure it out. What I do think, though, is you look at the second half, he obviously had it under control. And that's after the coaches pulled them. The coaches need to have a much shorter leash with him. Like, one bad snap, he's gone. And he needs to sit on the sideline and take some time off and see what happens. But I I have a hard time, in my opinion, just saying he's not the center. Am I, am I being soft? Am I being too soft on that? Yes. I'm over it, guys. Like, I, I've been one of the biggest Cam Jurgens guys out there. But it's time. It's time to think about moving him to guard. Do something different. He can't snap the ball. You can't have games like this. And he looked better towards the end of last year, but he still had a lot of bad snaps at the end of last year. It was just better than the first half of the season. And this season, I, it, it's not much better. Like, you know, I, Justin, you talked about it. Yeah, he looked pretty good in the second half, but that's almost too little too late at that point. It is. You know? We got two games left in the season, maybe. Maybe three. And, and you throw one over Martinez's head. You roll one to him. And there's two fumbles right there that the team's being accredited for. And 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 what? I mean, Martinez had to jump on the one that was at his feet. We lost two, three yards. The one that went over his head, Martinez tri- picked up. Looked to try and do something, did the smart thing, and just went down. Yeah. And we lost, I think, twenty yards or 15, 15 to twenty yards on that one. Like it, it, they're drive killers. But, but that that one that we lost, he had Adrian Martinez had his best play of the game with that. Right after that, the pass to Austin. Austin Allen. Allen. What yeah. a great catch that was! What great a great throw, catch! Great throw. I mean, yeah. both 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 very true. But just imagine if 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 these quarterbacks could get a snap. Every time, yeah. I mean, it, it's I I, I, I seen I seen a, st- a stat that when Nebraska has clean snaps and no penalties on a drive, they score ninety percent of the time. Touchdown or just touchdown or field just goal, score. just a score. But they score ninety percent of the time. Now tell me, we haven't scored that much, so tell me how many perfect drives we've had with oh. no penalties and, yeah. and no bad snaps. You're like, right. There's not very many drives. When we do it, we're good on offense. Yeah. But it, it's, it's got to be consistent. It's got to be every time. So what, what I get tired of, with as far as Cam, Cam Jurgens goes, you know, he's a great kid. Everybody loves Cam Jurgens, you know. But he does have snap issues. And there's no bigger defender of that than Scott Frost. The week before, he, Scott Frost was saying it was like a foot injury, why his snaps were bad. And now in this game – where the snaps are, they're getting worse. He says the clapping, the sideline clapping is why he had bad snaps. The excuses are just nuts for this. Just well, call it what it is. He's not, he's not playing very good. He's not snapping the ball well. Stop making excuses. And it just makes it a little bit more goofier coming out to, to uh, defend him when you have insane excuses like that. Clapping? Come on. Well, okay. I will say this. And while I agree with you that we need to quit coming up with excuses, there was video evidence of the sideline of uh, the coaches on the sideline clapping during the snap count. Well, whatever clap that they're using, but but here's the thing. Like that's why clapping is so stupid for a snap count. It is. 
But that's, I mean, that's, it's not just Nebraska. There's a lot of teams doing it now. But there's a stupid thing right there. Because you can imitate it on the sidelines. The refs ain't going to say anything because I'm just clapping for my team. I wish I could now clap you- and make someone fuck up. <laughs> That'd be entertaining. I, but at any rate, you just yeah, you, know, you got to find something different. Like you're right. I, I don't know. Uh, one more thing on offense that I want to touch on before we move on to the defense here. Uh, where the hell are the running backs, Tyler? Well, I mean, we've talked about this. This has been a concern. I will say, you know, Derek's boy Ramir Johnson. He started to get in. Um, you know. <sighs> Here's my my opinion that 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 after Dedrick Mills going into this season, I I felt that running back was a hole. We we still do not have a guy there, but I I do think that the the going into next year there are guys. Marvin Scott is getting a little bit more rhythm, even though statistically it's not really showing. I do like how he's running. I just think he's misreading some blocks. I, I think Ramir Johnson, he showed up and actually played and made a couple nice runs. Um, Wandale, when he is back there, the coaches have started to put him back there and held him less than 10 carries, which is something I like. He had himself a hell of a game on Saturday. I mean, I mean, I think he did well running, catching, played a, probably his best game this season. Um, I, I just... I think we're just we're we're holding off until Mills comes back. Yeah. Well, before you move off of offense, I, I want to talk about one, one other thing. I want to talk about receivers. Uh, I, I think that an area that we've kind of been pretty critical of. Uh, but but you know, last year and especially last year, we we complained so much about the lack of distribution to wide receivers. And I know, I know there was a point in the game where they showed that there were six Iowa players with, with receptions. And I, I think I had made the comment to you guys, like, why can't Nebraska do that? Why can't we ever have that? And I was surprised when I looked at the stats to find out we had nine different players with catches. Pretty impressive. Uh, we have, yeah, we have five, five different wide receivers, two tight ends, and two running backs with receptions. Five different wide receivers. Like, we're starting to distribute the ball more. How many of those were to Marcus uh, Fleming? Uh, none. Tyler, what happened to Marcus Fleming? Uh, who knows? I mean, you know, this is this is an off-season topic we will talk about. We could probably spend the rest of this podcast talking about the attrition we continue to have with recruits and why. Dude, I, I don't know. I don't get it. All I know is, like, you hear comments about how practice got all laxed and everyone just goofed off well then it sounds like well sounds like a couple guys got basically benched and not traveled because they were goofing off a little bit too much i i don't know what to believe i don't know what's going on in those practices and locker rooms is frost a hard ass or is he soft that like what is going on here like because Marcus Fleming is like is an example. He is a guy you could argue his snap count should have been higher. He, but he was playing in some roles, right? He was getting on the field. Maybe should have been more. Great he game against beat, Northwestern. Great game. But but he was getting snaps in other games until yeah. all of a sudden this week. And I just don't know. Like, is it the losing? Is it they're not getting enough playing time? Is it? 
the coaches they're not relating is it this covid thing where these kids are just like i'm i'm tired of nebraska i don't get to do anything fun except freeze my ass off and lose football like i don't know like what's going on there yeah that this is going to be a great off season uh topic because there's going to be some more transfers that's just the way the, this business is anymore. So hopefully we don't lose any good guys because, my God, I'm tired of losing well, promising receivers. Well, and here's the problem. Like, we complained about the transfer portal when it, when it opened up. Like, when they first started transfer portal, we all said, oh, this is going to be bad. We're going to see a lot of transfers. And you just wait. Wait till next year or the year after when they allow all these kids to transfer with no, with no penalty. Yeah. Because it's just going to get worse. Yep. Well, and it's not and, just the Nebraska. And, 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 but, but here's the thing: there's one thing that fixes it: winning. winning. Got to win. Yeah. Play, players will take an ass chewing. Players will take the I, the COVID. This whole COVID thing. I think it's an odd year for players. Uh, I, I think it's making them more homesick. They're more worried about players that are family at home. Uh, so maybe that has a little bit to do with it, but. At the end of the day, if you're winning and showing promise, I, I think most of the transfers kind of stop. Ohio State don't get a lot of transfers. And and why? Because they win. Right. All right, Derek. Uh let's keep let's uh move on. Let's talk about the defense. Defense looked pretty good on Saturday. They did plenty out there to uh allow us to win the game. Came up short, but what'd you think? Uh overall I was impressed. Uh, you know, we, we, Iowa was averaging 373 yards a game, total yards. We held them to 322. And that, was, that, that, that to me, was pretty impressive. Uh, we held them to under their average in rushing. We gave them their average in passing. But they threw it 30 times again. Like, you, you had to expect them to get some passing yards. Uh, Luke Reimer had, had one really stupid penalty with the out-of-bounds out tackle that gave us a Personal foul. It was stupid. But other than that, he had himself a really good game. He led the team in tackles, had himself a tackle for loss. And uh, and the most important thing of the whole defense, DiCaprio Boodle came out with his first interception of his career. Oh, and yeah. I was super impressed. I was rooting hard. I jumped up and down. I texted you guys as soon as it happened. I was like, hey, that was Boodle. I, I had to do a double take. I ain't going to lie. I see number seven catch the ball. I'm like, who's number seven? Oh, wait, that's Boodle. I was like, no, it couldn't have been Boodle. Oh, wait, yeah, it was Boodle. Yeah. So, I know you so, weren't pretending to be a Boodle fan all your life. <laughs> I, I've, I've been harsh on Boodle, but I think he's having himself a really good year. Uh, the interception was great for him. I felt super – I was just super happy for the guy. I, I know he was kind of like the world off of his shoulders at that point. Like, hey, I can't catch a ball, see? It had to be thrown right at me, but I, I can't catch it. Yeah. All right, Tyler, what did you think about the defense? Well, you know, I think Derek kind of hit it there. You know, I said going into the Saturday, there was three things we had to do to have a shot to win the game, and and one of which was stop the run. And, you know, we we held Iowa to their second fewest rushing yards of the season. You know, Derek alluded we held them below their average. The only team that held them below more was Northwestern. Um, so, so that's, you know, nice company to be the second, you know, fewest rushing yards. Um you know, I, I think when you look at this defense, it started to bend a little bit much towards the end of the game when Iowa started running it and just kind of going. We kind of started giving up a few more yards. But, 
you know, and that that's concerning because that's we did that against Penn State too. So there's kind of a trend there um, when you start giving up more yards. But when you're playing with from behind or that close of game, um, it's to be expected. But yeah, no, overall, like I, I think that you have to be happy with where this defense is um, in year three. All right, All right. T- t- Tyler, I just want to talk about that. And the Penn State game, I'll agree with you. In this game, I think it was a little different just because. I don't know if it was because it was late in the game or it's because that's where the mistakes started happening. Because we played relatively a mistake-free game in the first half. And in the second half, we started making mistakes, and the defense had to go, had to go back on the field a few more times than what they were expecting to. You know, they come out with a three and out and then get then the muff punt, had to go right back out there. It, it, it was just tough situational football for them. What, what, where I'm gonna, where I'm going to give the defense a lot of credit is – we hear we hear the term "Ben don't break," and, and I know we all, as a whole, we hate that. Uh, but but at the end of the day, Nebraska held uh, Iowa to just two touchdowns in the red zone, which was really good because it was only forty percent of their red zone attempts, and that was the worst game that Iowa had outside of Purdue, where Purdue also held them to forty percent with touchdown percentage. Uh, other than that, if, if Purdue was getting to the red zone, they were scoring touchdowns. Uh, they scored two out of three against Northwestern, five out of seven against Michigan State, five out of five against Minnesota, four out of five against Penn State, all touchdowns. Uh, and so, so for Nebraska to hold them a two of five in the red zone for touchdowns, I was impressive. And it, it is what, what we talk about, Ben, don't break. Like, yes, you give up the yards. Yes, you let them get to the red zone. But you got to bow up and stop them, and they did a good job of that. No, I mean Derek, you're right. I mean they they 100 did. Um, you know, I think overall when you look at this game, I mean, again the defense did their part. Um, I, I I was trying to look it up real quick, and maybe you have it because you're stat boy over there. But I mean third down. Um, our third down defense was actually adequate this game. I think they went eight for, I mean, I think four for 14 or something was the stat. Um, so we, we did a pretty good job of getting them off of the down. Yeah, four, four of 14, they went on third down. So that, that was better than we have been all year. Absolutely. And that was, that was our best game defensively. Yeah. For, third down, for the third down stops. It, it just, you know, you look, and again, I, I talk about the second half. You look at the time of possession, though. I mean, they held the ball for 10 minutes in the third quarter. Um, you know, they held it for eight minutes in the fourth quarter. The The problem I, I have with this bend-don't-break defense is exactly that. Like, Iowa, I mean, it wasn't like they were lighting the world on fire, but it just... In the Big Ten, when you just allowed that long of series, like you just limit your chances. I, I want to go back to the offense. I mentioned that I wish Luke McCaffrey would have got more snaps in the uh, second half, but like when you have the ball that much different, there weren't that many series to go around. Like it was basically Adrian had two series in the third quarter. In my opinion, they should go two and two. But it was the fourth quarter by the time the next series happened. Like, it just – and we got the ball to start the third. It's just it, – it, it really I, – I just don't know if this bend-don't-break defense is really great for what the offense wants to be. 
<laughs> well, I, I think the problem with it is nobody really knows what the offense wants to be right now. I'll ask yeah. Offense has to score points. Once they score points, that defense will uh, come around. I mean, it will be suitable. You know, it, 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 it's, it, it, it's fair to say right now that the defense did their job. Yes. Uh, offensively, I thought we did okay. We did. We had a decent game, but you got you still got to do better. Well, and, and and as we preview to the Purdue, like the next two games, if we have them, the say we have the Minnesota game, we don't have another Iowa defense. So. I believe if this offense shows up against Purdue on Saturday, we, we, we're going to put up some points. All right. So, I got, so again, our, our biggest problem is on special teams. Right? Yeah. But, but, but here, here's my thing. I, you want to sit here and talk about special teams not improving, but I, th- I think they've improved a lot. Granted, they had nowhere to go but up. Uh, you know, we, we have a field goal kicker who's – Kicking the ball really well at this point. We went in that game. We went two for two on field goals, thirty-one yards and thirty-nine yards. Uh, kick returns. I, I can't figure the the kick return out because I don't. I'm not a hundred percent sure why we're doing the pooch kick. The only thing I can come up with is uh, Amir Smith Marset was averaging twenty-five yards per kickoff return. Had a touchdown against us last year, so they were trying to keep the ball away from him. But when are we going to get a kicker? I can just kick it out of the end zone. So you don't have to worry about the kickoff returns. Uh, punt returns, you know, they had two two returns for 39 yards, which was atrocious. But out of our five punts, we only gave up two returns. So I guess that's a little improvement. But there's still a lot of improvement left on special teams. Oh, tons. Tons of improvement. They They just need to fix it. Not happy. Not happy with it. All right, let's talk about this Purdue game here. Purdue, they're rolling in, or we're headed there. They got a two and four record. Uh, they lost last week to Ruggers. Uh, fun game to watch, but Tyler, Purdue, they got some playmakers on that offense, don't they? Well, they definitely do. I mean, led by uh, uh, Rondell Moore and David Bell. I mean, I don't think we thought we'd see uh, more this year. At least I didn't. The way it started, and he's come back and he started to play pretty good. I mean, David Bell is a great playmaker. I mean, Purdue can be scary. I mean, they lead the Big Ten in passing um, a lot because of these weapons they have on the outside. Derek, what do you think of this offense? Oh, I mean, they're good. There's no, there's no doubt about it. They're good, and I'm not, I don't want to sit here and talk anything bad about Rondell Moore or David Bell because they're they're both really good receivers. Uh, we've really only faced Rondell Moore once, and that was his freshman year. He had eight catches for 85 yards, which he didn't light us on fire. I mean, he had a good game, but he didn't light us on fire. Uh, last year, David Bell, really, they kept him in check last year. What, the, the guy that kicked our ass the last two years was Bryson Hopkins. Uh, the guy had 200 yards receiving in the last two years. I don't know how many touchdowns. Uh, he's gone. So now it's ne- the next tight end up. And next tight end up is Payne Durham. And he's only got 15 catches on the year. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping maybe we can still keep Rondell Moore in check a little bit uh, and keep David Bell down a little bit. We'll see what happens. But uh, last year, David Bell only had seven catches for 23 yards. Uh, I, I do believe that our secondary is better this year than it was last year. 
And so if we can keep the, if we could keep those two da- knocked down a little bit, like I think that really sh- shuts down Purdue's offense. Tyler, do you agree? Do you think our secondary can shut down their passing game? No, I don't. I, I, I just think their wide receivers are too good. Can we shut them down? No. But he, here is what Nebraska can do, is we can make them one-dimensional. Like, Purdue by themselves, like, they are second to last in the Big Ten in rushing yards. Like, they are not good there. Are, are they scary passing? Yes. But uh, Jack Plummer, you know, he had a really good game against Minnesota in his first start. He completed 86% of his passes. He was a lot more human against Rutgers. And and that Rutgers game, man, you talk about, that was a weird game. I mean, Purdue attempted zero passes in the fourth quarter. Like, Purdue ran four, uh, four plays on, I guess, offense. They had three rushes and a punt. Like, that was their fourth quarter. It was a weird game. Um, I, I'm interested to see what he is going to do against the Huskers, um, a team that has done a pretty good job of getting after the quarterback this season. Uh, I, I just think we can make them one-dimensional pretty easily. Um, and if we could do that, can we get after the quarterback? What does that do? Can we force mistakes? But if we can't, and we have to just line up against these wide receivers, no, we, we can't stop them. All right, let's flip it. Go ahead. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I just want to rebuttal that. Like, I didn't say we completely shut down their wide receivers. Like, that's not what I was saying. I I just think you have to keep them into a manageable game. And I, and I think Nebraska's done well with the receivers of that. They haven't done well with the tight ends. Uh, and, I, and I think that, look, Rondell Moore's going to get some yards. David Bell's going to get some yards. I'm not saying we're going to shut them down. I just think we have to keep it manageable. Well, don't let them don't let them kill you with big plays. Derek, when you say that, here's what comes to my mind. My fear is Ohio State. Like the way we uh, played Ohio come State. On. I now ja- Pl- Jack Plummer, Plummer is no yeah, is, Plummer is, no. is not Justin Fields. You're, you're right. But that that's what comes to my head. Like I feel like the only team we've played that has this wide receiver group was Ohio State. And maybe that game plan actually does work against Purdue. Like, hey, we're going to sit back. We're going to wait for mistakes. But I'm just, I'm, I'm nervous about that because if they can nickel and dime us all day and we don't force them to run the ball, like, yeah, Purdue can't run the ball well, but they don't try to run the ball well. Like, they, they have the fewest rushing attempts per game in the Big Ten. Like, this is a team that wants to throw it. I, I just I'm a little bit nervous about that because that was my first thing is don't give up the big play don't give up the home run and I just that now all of a sudden I'm going back to that Ohio State game. Hey, Boodle's on a roll. He's got one game in a row of interceptions. One in he's a row. Up, That's all we he's need. Coming is up, one he's coming up with another one. All right, let's look at the uh, other side of the ball. A Bob Diaco, a million dollar Bob Diaco defense there. I don't, yeah, yeah. I'm sure Purdue's not paying him a million dollars. But it is a Bob Diaco, and this is a game, my God, if there is one game that Bob Diaco was looking forward to all year long, it was going to be this matchup. He is going to be, he's going to want to shut up Nebraska, the Nebraska offense. I mean, he's going to, He's going to go out of his way to pull out all the stops because I think there's a little bit of animosity 
the way uh, it happened the last time that he was in Lincoln. So that part kind of scares me. It's not on his what's been on his resume so far this year, but there's that almost like a little chip on the shoulder, maybe a, a personal level, maybe. So that scares me. Derek, what do you think about this matchup here? Well, I can't wait for it because while Bob Diaco's sitting up in the uh, booth up there, Justin knows we're going to kick his ass because he can't coach from up there, remember? He couldn't coach at Nebraska from up there. That's for damn sure. Well, to be fair, he only had one year. Uh, but here's the thing. Like, I, I think one of the best ways to stop Nebraska is to get negative yardage. And what Purdue doesn't do is get a lot of sacks. They've got four sacks on a year, and two of them were against uh, Illinois. So they, they don't get a lot of pressure on a quarterback. And if, you, and if Martinez can have the kind of day he had against Iowa, against a much worse defense, I, I think there's a good chance we could score some points on these guys. Uh, this is the worst defense uh, scoring defense we've faced outside of Illinois and Penn State. Uh, we didn't do well against Illinois, I know, but we did do pretty well against Penn State, and I, I, I think we can score some points on on Purdue. I'm not convinced that Bob Diaco is a good defensive coordinator. Uh, I know he's had some good games this year compared to what he did at Nebraska, but still not convinced he's a good defensive coordinator. Tyler, what do you think, Bob Diaco? Well, I think Bob Diaco is not a great coordinator. Derek said it. I'm not going to rehash um, how bad this team is. But l- l- let me just point this out. This team not only is bad, they're going to be without Derek Barnes, their best defensive player by a long shot for the first half because he had a targeting call against Rutgers. He leads the team in tackles. He's second on the team in tackles for loss. Also against Rutgers, you saw Marvin Grant and Cam Allen. Now, Marvin Grant did not end up uh, – playing because of injuries Marvin Grant is our, another linebacker slash defensive end who is um who is third on the team in tackles for loss and leads the team in forced fumbles and Cam Allen who leads the team in interceptions got banged up against Rutgers like this this defense is bad and they're playing shorthanded like I think this is a game like to me that Nebraska is going to have our best offensive performance and I'm calling it now. I think we get over 500 yards on Saturday. Wow. Like, I, I think that there is a shot, a realistic shot, that we could throw for about 280 to 300 yards. And I think really? we are going to run the ball pretty effectively. You think we're going to throw mean, deep in this game, Tyler? I, I just, yeah, I, I don't, I mean, we haven't done it this year. I think we're going to be effective passing. Like, whether that be we break plays open in the secondary and make people miss. But, like, I mean, I'm taking the Illinois game out of this because that game is just such a weird game. Like, there is no defense that we have played this bad. Now, it now the question for the Huskers is this on offense, is two things. Is, do we get the Adrian Martinez that played Saturday? And if not, what do the coaches do at quarterback? Do they ride Adrian Martinez like they have? Do they go to quarterback, which is something I'd still like to see on uh, Saturday? Um, and then secondly, like, do we beat ourselves? Do we go into this game? Cause we have a very recent history of laying an absolute turd against a bad defense. Like, is that what we do on Saturday? But if we don't, this offense with Mills looking to come back, 
momentum at quarterback with the playmakers. I think these wide receivers are going to show on Saturday. I think they're going to have a hell of a game. Um, I, I really like it. Derek, who do you think Nebraska should start at quarterback against Purdue? I believe I've already made this statement pretty clear. Adrian Martinez. Yeah, okay. Good. Yeah, I, I agree. Do you guys think Luke should play? I No. Well, yeah, yes or no, I guess. It depends on how Adrian Martinez is playing. If it looks like he's starting to struggle, absolutely. Get, get him out of there. Because we've known, we've known Adrian Martinez, and when he starts to struggle, it usually ends up going south. So if he starts struggling, yeah, get McCaffrey in there. But if he if he if he's looking like he did against uh, Iowa, hell no, leave him in. You got to get the win. You have to get the win. If Adrian this Martinez is, is going to give you, if, if there if there ever was a must must win for Scott Frost, this is it. I think. Well, I'm, I'm going to ask that question here in a second. Here, uh, well, hell, yeah. Let's let's talk about that now, Derek. Uh, this is a must win to you. So, what does this game mean for the season then? I don't know if it means anything for this season because I think the season's shot. But for the future of the team, I think this is a must win. I, I think if you lose this, I th- I'm afraid you're going to lose more players. Uh, and right now, we can't afford that. We have to start proving that we can win games. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, is it a must win? Yeah, it's a, it is a must win. And here, here's what happens. So if, if Nebraska wins this game, what does it mean? It means nothing. Because... This might be your last game of the season. If it is, then we finish the year with a really crappy record. Um, you know, if it isn't, then we still have Minnesota. Maybe, maybe we beat them. Maybe we get another game, and maybe the season ends up being like, yeah, four and four. I mean, that that's their best winning percentage. Okay, yeah. it, that's that's we, we could debate in the off season what progress we showed this season. Uh, if we lose this game. I mean, again, if it's our last game and our last game is a loss against this Purdue team that is like running on fumes coming into this game, the way they've been playing, I know they were they were competitive against Minnesota, but Minnesota's not good. They lose to Rutgers. Like, I mean, it, it's not looking like this Purdue's any good. Um, you lose to this team, it, it, it's like it's our last game. I, I, I mean, ugh. and if we get Minnesota, even if we win. We're still not going to be 500, and we all thought that was the minimum we had to do this year to show have a chance to show progress. You're right. And Purdue, they've been in one-score games all year long. One-score games. I mean, you know, the must-win thing, it, it's an entertaining conversation to have. But you know what? Every single game from here on out, if we don't start winning, every game is going to be a must-win. I think we asked this question uh, for uh, was it the Illinois game or no? It was Penn State game. We asked that question: Is this a must-win game? And every win after that, you know, golly, you know, we're fans. Of course, every game's a must-win. So yeah, but I think this is different though. Is like, it okay? So the, the the Penn State game, if we had lost that game, I think at the time you're still sitting there saying, "Well, we didn't expect to win that game. We still have Illinois, Purdue, and Minnesota." And then, and then Illinois, no, that conversation didn't even come up because of that. And then we, Iowa, yeah, because we won. Up. We beat Penn State, yeah. Well, and because I think everyone expected us to beat Illinois. I don't think anyone thought there was doubt. Then Iowa came, and I think there was no one was really talking about must win because I think most fans felt that, yeah, we're probably not beating Iowa. This is a game that, like, I, 
I don't want to understate, like, Purdue can beat us. Like, make no doubt about it. Like, they are dangerous in the passing game. Their defense is not good, but they have shown flashes of playing some good defense. And our offense has not clicked consistently all year. Like, Purdue can beat us, but if they do, I I just think you're going into next year with a lot of doubt about the future of this program. All right, Derek, I want you to fill in the blank. Nebraska wins if blank. Uh, oh, boy, that's tough. But I, I'm, I'm going to start with special teams. Can Nebraska win in special teams? This is probably – this is the only team that we're going to face that has worse special teams in Nebraska. So this is a team that you need to win in special teams. Okay. So – so I want to I want to hit that for a second. So, which team am I describing? Okay, the longest the the longest punt return of the season is four yards. Last week, we had a kick out of bounds and a shank punt and gave up a hundred yards kickoff return. Okay, answer for most fans is oh that wasn't Nebraska that must be Purdue. Like, that seems like a game Nebraska's had so many times. That seems like I'm describing Nebraska's special teams. Bob Diaco must be coaching special teams at Penn State because, like, they're atrocious. Like, well, just, just, to, just to divvy on that, they're only averaging four yards per punt return. Because they've I mean, had one. Nebraska <laughs> the whole year? Yeah, they've only I I there I was reading an article about Purdue leading up to this. They've had one punt return this whole season and it was for 4 yards. Wow. Do they put a guy uh, back there? <laughs> I mean, like we we joke who our fair catcher is, yeah. like like one punt return all year. I wonder how many buff punts cuz we have what two on the year. I wonder uh, if their fair catcher is better than our fair catcher. Well, I mean, we're at least averaging 7 yards per punt return. Yeah, well, Cam That's Taylor Britt. Great. Yeah, but Cam Taylor Britt, he's had he's had a couple good ones. He's had uh, a couple what, good since ones. He's, since he's, he's, he's had one good one. Just one? Maybe I'll watch he the replay. No, <laughs> you got you got to remember the other return you're thinking of. The other return you're thinking of was on the kickoff return, or the not kickoff return, but the uh, the field goal return. Okay, I, thought I don't think that counts as a punt return. I thought I thought he had two punt returns. Maybe maybe not. I, I drink a lot during these games. These damn Huskers get me drunk by halftime, and it's not good on the eleven a.m. kickoffs. Tyler, so you fill in the blank. Nebraska wins if blank. We win the time of possession. Really? Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna, I mean, there's a lot of ways I can go. Justin, you kind of threw us through a loop on that question. Uh, but but I think Purdue has really struggled with time of possession. I think this is a game, what you do not want to do is give Purdue multiple chances to throw the ball. Like, I just think that if you keep giving them chances to throw, those wide receivers can make plays. And if you, got, if you can win this time of possession, like, on Saturday— there's other paths for Nebraska victory, but something that I'm going to be more interested in in any game we've played this year is, can we limit Purdue's chances to throw it up? Like, Because they should have some three and outs because how often they throw. Um, if we can get the ball and have some sustained drives, 
which leads to more Adrian Martinez, in my opinion. I think he is a more methodical quarterback at this point than um, Luke McCaffrey. I, I So I do think while I would like to see both, I would like to see a little bit more Adrian. Um, I, I, I just think if you can do that and limit their chances to get more shots at throwing the ball, Nebraska should be able to score enough to put this game out of reach. Okay. I, I think we can, have can to I, be able to throw down the field. We win this game if we can throw down the field. Hands down. You got to get down there. You got to make those big plays. We haven't seen a lot of big plays this year. That's not what Scott Frost wants. He wants to see big plays. We're not doing that this year. Purdue, I think this is a uh, an opportunity for us to exploit this Purdue defense is with the big play. If we can w- get some big plays by throwing downfield, or hell, maybe, maybe it's even you know a, a long scramble, long run by Adrian Martinez. Big, big plays is what wins us the game. And uh, I, that's that's really what I want to see. So you talk about quarterback run, and this is something that I wanted to hit on. So last week, Noah Vedral did not play for Rutgers, okay? So Correct. Th- they, they ended up playing a quarterback. I don't even know his first name. The last game was Langan, something like that, Langan. Langan. Yeah. So Langan. Yeah. He, going into the, he finished the game with 21 carries for 95 yards as a quarterback okay so you sit there and say well that's pretty shitty of Purdue's defense well the thing about this young individual is that he was not even on the quarterback depth chart going into the game he was that low and they ended up putting him out there because Purdue is that bad at stopping the quarterback run like Again, I, I don't know what this team is going to look like on Saturday, what Nebraska is going to attack with. And Justin, you talk about throwing down the field. But, like, man, if, if our quarterbacks, like, don't hit 20 carries on Saturday, like, I, I'm going to be a little bit disappointed. And, and if they don't, it better damn well be because Diedrich Mills is back there and he's eating up 15-plus carries, like. Like, I mean, we just, we have to run the ball. I, I, the, the throwing will be there. We'll get 15, 20 yards a pop. I think we can. Um, I don't know if we're going to throw downfield. 15, down, 20 a pop on a, a, a pass? Not, not overall the average, but we'll, we'll hit some 15 to 20 yards a pop. Like, we'll hit some of those plays. I don't know if that we're going to That is throwing downfield by Nebraska standards this year. Well, so my question to you, Justin, <laughs> is you say throw downfield. If we throw downfield, who is the guy catching that ball? Man, I, I God, I, you got to play bets. Mar- Marcus Fleming is gone. He, he's not the. He can't do it. But I think you got to hit bets. You can't be throwing to five foot five Wondell Robinson. You're going to get him killed overthrowing him because he's going to climb the ladder. He's going to catch that ball, but he's going to get licked doing it. And he's done that. How many times has he gotten licked on high throws downfield? A lot this year. I think you got to hit bets. You got to find bets. You you got to get Austin Allen. Austin Allen proved that he can be a huge downfield threat, and they have thrown to him downfield, uh, not with a lot of success, but enough success where he's that big time target. Uh, I love Austin Allen down the field. Uh, bets. I mean, I don't know. We're not. There's not a lot of options. Hopefully, Cade Warner. Can uh, make a catch this year. That'd be nice. He's put himself in a position where he can, you know, if he can hang on to it. Uh, but I, th- I think there's plenty of options down the field if we just try. How many times on 
you know, on replays do you see that there are guys wide open downfield? There's tons of guys open downfield. We just have to hit those guys. We have to take advantage of those opportunities. And once we start doing that, I mean, good things are going to happen. Good things are going to happen. And this is a chance to build some confidence against a Bob Diaco uh, defense. Hit those guys. Big plays. Bam. Find the end zone. Don't worry about that red zone offense stuff. Get that touchdown from the 40-yard line. Hit that touchdown. I love it, man. Derek just is dying to get in on yeah, this conversation. He hates well, it. I, okay, I, I I am. But here here's the thing. I, I want to talk about a few other things that I think Nebraska needs to do to win this game. Uh, and one of them is rush the, run the ball. Uh, believe it or not, Purdue, as bad as our defense is, is giving up 50 yards less than Nebraska is on defense running. So we need to run the ball against these guys. We need to be successful at it. Uh, you talk about being able to throw downfield, but we, we need to run the ball. We need to be able to do it, and we need to do it successfully multiple times. Uh, we here, Here's one obvious one that I'll, I'll throw out there. We need to win the turnover battle. Like, that's something that we haven't done well this year. And it, it, even with the defense pulling up some some good turnovers, the offense seems to turn it over just as often. Uh, so we need to win the turnover battle. And a defense... Uh, and again, I know Tyler, you hate the bend don't break thing, but this is the 111th team in red zone offense. We need to stop them in the red zone. If we let them get down there, we need to shut them down, and they can be shut down down there because they've been shut down all year. So there's three more things right there that I think Nebraska needs to do to win this game, and it yeah, may take re- it may take all of those things in order to beat these guys. So I, I wow, okay. So I, I want to throw one more out there. I think Wandale Robinson needs to outplay Rondale more. At the end of Saturday, I think you need to see mm. those are two best offensive players on both of the teams. David Bell's great. Obviously, our quarterback play has been, you know, some of our best offense. I, I want to see like another game. I want to see a little bit better Wandale than I saw against Iowa. And again, if he if he plays comparable, I think against this Purdue team. He has the opportunity to do that. Again, he had a great game against Iowa. I mean, he ran for 40 yards. He was able to have 75 yards in the air. I mean, give give me 85 yards in the air and 65 on the ground. Like, I'm happy. I'm not sure that's a fair that's a fair statement there, Tyler. I mean, you're asking a lot. I mean, is Rondale more better than Wondell Robinson? They're both our best. They're the both teams' best offensive weapon. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you guys an over under here. Over under twenty five and a half yards for best play for Nebraska this game. For what now? For the longest longest play. Longest play. Oh, over. Yeah, over under. Over. You think we get? We haven't had many plays over twenty five yards all year. Oh, and that's just Nebraska only. <laughs> I thought it was Purdue too. <laughs> I, I think over. No. I, I think that Luke McCaffrey. I, I like Luke McCaffrey run. Like I, I think Luke is just he, against Purdue. I just think he's gonna break one if he gets in any snaps. Yeah, I, I think both teams will have uh, play over twenty five and a half, and I think I think each team will have uh, a couple. I mean, whether it's through the air on the on the ground, I, I think. I think there's going to be some big plays in this game. 
and frankly, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not convinced of it. But frankly, I want to see it because there's been a lot of boring Nebraska football this year. I just need an exciting game. I want to see some big plays. I, I want to see. A, I want to have a reason to jump up on my feet. I, I would love to see Nebraska play Purdue the way they played against Maryland last year. I want well, nothing more than to see that. I don't that's fine. Purdue's not Maryland last year. Yeah, they're not that bad. Uh, they're <laughs> they're pretty bad right now. They are they are a three game losing streak. You lose to Rutgers. I, I mean, I don't know. That was such a fluky game, though. That was such a fluky game. And again, Minnesota. I mean, like there there is a theory out there that Purdue is going to come into this game pissed off. And and I know we don't want to talk about this, and I know we're wrapping up, but like they're not scared of Nebraska. You're no, damn sure no, they're not absolutely. scared of us, and they're playing pissed off because in their minds they should the have beat Minnesota right and they should have beat Rutgers. But they, but they should have won the last two games. They like they should have beat Minnesota if they didn't get screwed by a bad call, in their opinion. And you look at that fluky game when they give up a hundred yard touchdown return in the third quarter, and then they run. Three real offensive plays in the fourth. Like, like I just think, say what you will, yeah, they lost a, a Rutgers team playing with their backup quarterback, and eventually their third-string quarterback came in. Like, I mean, that's bad, but, I mean, and I, again, I, I think Nebraska, we're going to get into this, but I think we this is a game, Scott Frost better have this team dialed in. Yeah. I mean, he better have a dialed in. All right, we'll talk about our uh, score predictions here uh, at the conclusion of our Games of the Week. So let's uh, get into our Games of the Week. To recap last week, I went 4-2 and two last week. Tyler, you are continuing your roll. You went 5-1. and one. Uh, Derek, you went 3-3. Three and three. You're sucking this year, man. I don't know what it is, but uh, season totals. I'm 37-24. and 24. Tyler, 41-20. and 20. And Derek, 35 and 25. I don't know if you're not watching football, if you're watching more Friends reruns or what it is. But, uh, There's nothing wrong with Friends. Friends yeah. is okay, but you know what? I think you're letting your Friends reruns cut in your college football because you suck. Uh, hey, he'll be he'll be for us there too. <laughs> oh my God, I got that song stuck in my head, you bastards. All right. Uh, you brought it up. I'm not going to bring up the uh, another uh, the rankings because the college football playoff they released their rankings right basically when we started doing this so I don't know what they are uh, I'm I'm sure they're dog shit so uh, Texas A and M minus seven at Auburn uh, Tyler I think Auburn plays this game pretty close I, I know I they have not been impressive this year. I just think A&M's in for a letdown, but I, I, I'm not ballsy enough to take A&M in this game. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Auburn covers, but um, I like A&M. Derek? Well, you know, I got to tell you, I was shocked to see that the FPI actually has Auburn favored by 53%. Is that right? Uh, sho- yeah, it shocked me a little bit. I, I did not expect that. I do think A&M has the better defense. Uh, Kel- Kellen Mond is a much better quarterback than Bo Nix. I, I-, I go A&M here. I-, I-, I just can't see Auburn pulling the upset here. Yeah, I like A&M as well. Uh, I-, I don't like Auburn. I don't think they're a very good team. 
Uh, I did get the cover last week with uh, my bookies bonus bets, but without that, I would not have hit that. So, A and M. All right, uh, Oklahoma State minus two and a two and a half at TCU. Tyler. Okay, so this was the toughest game for me to predict this weekend. I mean. So Oklahoma State, a week after eking out a victory against Texas Tech, who might be, besides Baylor and Kansas, probably the third worst team in the Big 12, like, it is tough. Um, TCU has just done me dirty so many times picking them. Like, every time we have a TCU game, like, I feel like I pick them, and I always lose. But I'm going to do it again. Like I'm gonna pick TCU. I just I think Oklahoma State is they're they're struggling down the stretch here. And and while TCU may not be a good team, I, I just don't I'm not buying this Oklahoma State. I think they peaked. Yep. Uh Derek. Again, I looked at the FPI here and TCU is favored by fifty four percent. Again, shocker. I was not expecting that. Uh, I do think that Max Dugan is a better quarterback than Spencer Sanders. Uh, TCU's defense has a slight edge yardage-wise. I I got to go with TCU in this one. I, I'm with you, Tyler. I, I Oklahoma State has not impressed me. Uh, I thought their defense was really good, but they struggled against Oklahoma. They struggled against Texas. And I think TCU can find ways to score against Oklahoma State. You know, you're talking about Max Dugan – you know, starting quarterback for TCU. You know who leads TCU in rushing? Max Dugan. Can you believe that? Um, that, that seems to be pretty par for the course at this point. I've seen a lot of teams like uh, Texas has Ellinger as their leading rusher. Yeah. Nebraska has it. Uh, Oklahoma. Uh, I'm sorry. TCU has it. It seems to be there are a lot of teams out there where the quarterback is their leading rusher, yeah. which is a strange year. It is. Typically, I don't like uh, going off uh, teams that, you know, just just one guy is the whole team, basically, in that. Uh, you know, J.D. Spielman, he hasn't lived up to Nebraska standards there. But I absolutely despise Oklahoma State. I, I despise that they're so highly ranked because I, I don't think that they're that good. They're not that good as a team. I think they get way too much credit. I love TCU in this game. Love TCU, which means they'll probably lose. But yeah, so I really, I really thought I'd be the only one picking TCU. Me too. I I did too. I was like, oh, Oklahoma State, but no, we all like TCU. So that game is surely to fail. All right, this is my game of the week. This is the game that I'm looking so forward to, and this is Liberty at uh, Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina is minus seven. Uh, Hugh Freeze against the shots. Gotta love the shots. Tyler, what do you think? I think the theme this week for my picks is I'm a pussy this week because I really want to take Liberty here. Like, really? I Like, Liberty, I feel they are more battle-tested. Like, yeah, they have a loss, a one-point loss against NC State, but they've played and beaten Vautech. They've played and beat Syracuse. When you look at Coastal Carolina— like, I get, okay, you laugh at Syracuse. Kansas? Like, is Kansas Coastal Carolina's best victory of the year? Like, it is, they have played no one. I just, I haven't watched enough of these two teams. Like, I've obviously read the headlines. The Kansas game made headlines to start the year. I'm going to ride with Coastal Carolina, but I would like Liberty to cover that spread. 
Derek. Uh, I got. I just have one player, Grayson McCall, the quarterback for Coastal Carolina. The dude's got twenty touchdowns to one interception. Yeah, he is the difference in this game. Coastal Carolina wins easy. So if you follow maybe, these two, maybe not easy. But if you follow these two teams, both are great against the spread. Eight and two against the spread, and seven one and one against spread. You're gonna make a lot of money following these guys. I don't, you know, I've I've picked Coastal Carolina the last couple of weeks. One of their games got canceled, but uh, I've been picking them. I mean, you can make a lot of money, and they're fun to watch. They play a fun style of football. I have Coastal Carolina winning this one. I would. I am not going to bet this game. If I did, I would bet Coastal Carolina. But this is by far the best game of the week. Uh, in fact, College Game Day will be there. I mean, that's amazing. That is amazing. Uh, so all three of us got Coastal Carolina. Next game, Indiana at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is 14-point favorites. Tyler. So the news broke this week um, that Indiana's starting quarterback is going to be out for the earth at Torrance ACL. And I'll be honest, guys, I would never wish a broken penix on anyone. Um, <laughs> come on! Come on! That's some good shit right oh there. Oh, my God. I can tell you had a shitty joke just by your expression <laughs> when I turned that one over to you. I told, I told my wife that joke leading up to this, and she's like, in, I, she doesn't know who uh, Indiana's quarterback is. She didn't really get it, but I thought, I was like, oh, that's a pretty good joke. Oh my god! Uh, I no, love I it. mean, here, here's Broken what I, I like. To, to, to be fair, I think everybody that knows football has made a penis joke when it comes to Phoenix. Fair like, enough. Fair enough. Everybody's it's made not, that joke. Not not that original. Not but that I original. Tyler, I mean, repeat. Go ahead. Repeat that. Repeat that. That's worth it. Connor, cut this out. Go. <laughs> I don't know if I remember it now. Um, <laughs> Connor, don't no, no. cut that out. Connor, yeah. don't cut it out. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no, no. I mean, it sucks. You, you, no one wants a broken penix. Like that's not what anyone wants to have. No, and 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 I'll be honest, guys. I thought Wisconsin was going to win this game before that injury happened. Uh, there's no way Indiana is going to compete. I, I think they they have peaked this season without him. Indi- uh Wisconsin rolls this game. Derek. I, I tend to agree, and I, I do think that Wisconsin, even if Penix was in, had the better quarterback with Graham Mertz. Uh, that dude shined hard, and I, 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 I can't see Indiana beating Wisconsin. I just can't. Uh, it's going to be tough on the road, but, you know, Jack Tuttle, he came in for Penix last week. You know, he went five for five. And Jack Tuttle, he's a, four, he's a four-star transfer from Utah. I mean, he's not a low recruit. Penix, is, he's been great for Indiana this year. He's the reason for a lot of their success. But, you know, he's like passing 56%, right? The reason that they're doing so well is not so much on Penix. It's because of all the weapons that they have around them. Penix has a lot of weapons. Stevie Scott, uh, running back. I mean, he's going to get you some yards. Their wide receiving core might be the best. They're up there for the best in the Big Ten with uh, Fry Fogel and Fillier and Marshall. I mean, they got a lot of weapons. They're they're not so limited. And Jack Tuttle coming in, he sure just threw five for five for not a lot of yards last week. 
I think Indiana is still going to win this game. I'm not impressed with Wisconsin. Their two games that they won against Illinois and Michigan, two of the worst teams. I mean, you saw what they did. They struggled against Northwestern, and they played against Northwestern in a way that they made Nebraska's offense look good. You know, they had a lot of turnovers. Uh, Wisconsin, I don't know if they're in it for this year. I don't know if they want to play a game. They've only played three games. And Indiana, they have a lot to play for. Tom Allen is a great coach, and those guys are going to be fired up. I think there's going to be so much emotion in there to win it for Penix. I'm taking Indiana in this game. I love it. So give me Indiana. So I am on my own there. Going to catch you guys. And we move on to Penn State, minus 11 at Rutgers. Tyler. So this weekend is kind of a unique uh, weekend for the Big Ten. I feel like there's two Sacco Bowls this weekend. Like, I, I feel like it's kind of like a tournament who is going to be the biggest shit pile team in the Big Ten. You have Nebraska against Purdue, which is the game that we care about, and then this game. Um, you know, Penn State and Rutgers are two teams that are just not there. Um, I I don't know what's up with Noah Vedral, guys. Like, I don't know if he's playing or he isn't. I, I don't know where the Rutgers team is. Like, I get that they beat Purdue. They shouldn't have. Um, like, there's no indication that they should have won that game if you look at the stat line. I, I just, I think they gave their all against that Michigan game. And, like, they're kind of just treading water now. I, I don't think they're going to be able to get up like that against Penn State. I think the talent of Penn State is going to win. I like Penn State as they wrap up the year coming off their first victory. I'm going to go Penn State. Derek. Well, I assume that Penn State is wishing that Vedral's starting and plays because he's got eight touchdowns to eight interceptions. Uh, he's not doing great. Like, he had, he's had a few good games, but he's not playing great this year. Uh, Rutgers has the 108th scoring defense in the country, worse than the Big Ten. Uh, Penn State's going to find ways to score. Rutgers, I don't think, really stands much of a chance in this game, with or without Federal. Wow. You know, I am completely opposite, you guys. I like Penn, I like Rutgers in this game. I think Rutgers uh, is going to get it done. They're at home. I think Greg Schiano has these guys believing that they can win. Uh, what a great game that they came out on top last week. Uh, they're putting up some points, guys. They're putting up a lot of points per game. And Penn State, I mean, Penn State, they're not scoring a lot of points. So I think this is going to be one of those games where, you know, first one to like 35 wins. If they if they get that high, first one to 30 maybe wins. I, I don't know. But uh, there's something wrong with Penn State. Uh, I don't know how much they have to play for anymore. They got the win, but, you know, Ruggers, they're fired up. They're a fun team. So give me Ruggers. And it is our game of the week. Nebraska at Purdue. Purdue's, they are two-point favorites in this game. The game, the line opened up at minus one for Purdue. Sitting at minus two. Tyler. How do you see this game I think Nebraska is going to move the ball very well. I think we're going to have some great yards. I think our defense is going to do enough uh, to win. I do think the time of possession battle is something I hit on. I think Nebraska will actually play well for Nebraska standards on this. I like the Huskers to win 38-24. to 38-24. Nice. Derek. 
Man, I I just don't – I'm not convinced Nebraska to score 38. I'm not. Uh, I do think our defense is good enough to shut them down a little, a little bit. Uh, they're still going to score some points. Uh, God, I, I got Nebraska winning 31-21. 31-21. So this is a game that uh, I think the big plays are going to be a must in this game. I think Bob Diaco, I think he's going to dial up something a little special, something special for us. I love what Adrian Martinez did last week. I hope it continues. But overall, overall this year, our offense just never seems to get it done. So I think this game here, uh, with all the playmakers that Purdue has on offense, I think Nebraska falls 31-27. to Hope I'm wrong. Boo! Hope I'm wrong. But 31 points. Wow. That, I mean. Yeah. I, I mean, that, nobody like, that is Nobody shocking. likes you, Justin. I know yeah, nobody that's... likes me. I mean, th- but, you know, Purdue, they're, they play everybody within one touchdown, right? They, they, they do. And, and I, I, I mean, I get that. And I, I understand that Purdue's not a gimme. But, like, 30, man, I, I just, I just don't. Weren't you impressed with what Nebraska did off defensively again? Like, haven't you been defensively? Relatively... Yeah, offensively, no. So, what you think we're just going to give it back to Purdue over and over? Like, I just think that, like, if you've watched Nebraska, like thirty-one point, I don't know, that would be disappointing to me. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why they're favored in this game, right? There's a reason. I mean, the line is moving in their favor. And who knows, maybe it comes back around and Nebraska people are going to jump on it. But uh, Nebraska, they just haven't done enough offensively to prove to prove to me that they can outscore somebody. I mean, we, we, we can't. If they score 31, it's over. We can't get 31, right? Or do you have confidence? Uh, yeah, I got I think 38. I got 31, yeah. You got, okay. score 31. I mean... Let's hope I'm. I hope you guys are right, but I, I would not be shocked if uh, this is going to happen. But I don't know. Who knows? And, and here's where I start coming back on Justin to put him in his rightful place of last place. Yeah, probably. You're, you're, you'll probably have passed with uh, my picks because I got what three underdogs in my games of the week. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I feel confident on two of them. I won't tell you which one I'm not confident on. <laughs> all right. Guys, let's move on to the best bet. I don't know why, because we sucked last week. All three of us missed. Uh, but let's offer our best bet now. Tyler, what's your best bet of the week? So I'm going to go the over at 63 points with Memphis and Tulane. Um, guys, Memphis has scored over 40 points against UCF. Uh, 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 Temple, um, they they put up some points. Tulane has scored over thirty points in eight straight games. Shocker for you guys if you didn't know, Tulane has played ten games this year. How the hell does that happen yeah. in the COVID year? It's when you um, have a conference commissioner that's not a, a COVID pussy and wants to play yeah, some football. Yeah, so I I just think that um, at the end of the day, I think this is going to be a game that scores. I actually like Tulane to cover. That was almost my best bet, but I'm going to stick with the over unders because I've done better at that and take the over in Tulane against Memphis. Derek, what's your best bet of the week? 
I I'm going with Florida minus 17 and a half at Tennessee. Uh, Florida's offense is scoring f- over 43 points a game. Their defense is giving up 26 points a game. Tennessee's only scoring 20 points a game and giving up 30, 31 points a game. Uh, Tennessee's one in five and one against the spread. Uh, I they've Tennessee's lost their last five games by an average of 21 points. Uh, this is probably outside of Alabama, the best team that they've faced. Uh, I, I think Florida crushes these guys, and I think 17.5 is an easy cover. Nice. Uh, I've, I've already uh, shown my cards on this one. My my best bet's Indiana, plus 14. Given Indiana 14 points against Wisconsin is just nuts. I think that's a little bit of a exaggeration with their quarterback situation right there. Far too much firepower for, on that Indiana offense and their defense. Their defense is quite good also. It's going to be a low-scoring game anyway. I think the over-under is like at 42. So, you know, it's 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 going to be a low-scoring affair anyway. But uh, give me Indiana. So, great show, guys. Let's see how this pans out. Go Big Red. Uh, special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button and don't forget to rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. And as always, go Big Red.